you know, just because I make a mistake doesn't mean I'm not seated as a son or daughter. Wholeness is not perfection. A traveling prophet or a local pastor does not hold the absolute key to your destiny. There's no quick fix here. Like there's no button that you just push for intimacy. It's the slow burn, it's the perseverance. There's nothing that we can ever do to attain what he's already paid for. Whoa, this resonates. I have no idea. You won't have peace until you give up your right to understand. Can't reveal him through here. He's gotta reveal him in our hearts. How can anyone have your back if you don't even give him your front? Important for Jesus to be traced. And he was traced all the way back as a son. It just creates a deeper dependency, and it's almost like he wants a relationship with us or something like that. So, yeah. Well, welcome back to the Lebanon House of Prayer podcast. We have got a special podcast today. We are wrapping up season two. And so we thought it would be cool to go back and look at highlights from season one and season two. And so I, we got we got two special people who kind of pull off the podcast, okay? So in the center there with the yellow glasses, we got Eric Carl from Iowa. Or where are you at? You in Des Moines? Yeah, Des Moines area in Iowa. Des Moines area. Mm-hmm. You drive around, so I, I was I don't know, the radio station where you're sometimes at. Sometimes I travel to Lebanon. Sometimes you know who knows. Yes, <laughs> and so so Eric's uh, Eric's job on the podcast. So if you guys ever listen to the podcast and you hear that cool intro. Uh, where it's like spliced up. Eric is the one who who does that. Uh, he splices up all the audio. He makes us sound amazing. He has his own studio, voiceover, uh, this ministry business that he does. And so we're excited to have Eric with us on the podcast. And then over to the right, we got Leland Hall, who is our videographer. Uh, he is the the artist, the visionary on all the video and he makes that sound and look amazing um and so he's kind of the one who makes it look amazing and so uh if you've watched a youtube podcast uh, or watched the podcast on youtube uh you've seen leland's work and so i'm kind of excited about this episode because eric and leland have gone back and they have chosen like just clips okay so we got eight clips that are going to come at you and we're going to talk about them but I have no idea what they've chosen, okay? So I'll be just as surprised as you are as you watch these clips. And so I'm going to kind of just throw the ball over to Eric, and and we're going to run with this. So we set up this idea, and uh, Leland, did you know right away some of the ones you were going to pick when we we brought up this idea? Yeah, I knew about two of them that I wanted to pick, um, so... Yeah, right off the bat, he he was he was ready to go. So, uh, we've got these set up, and what I want to do is I'm gonna just start with the clip right off right off the bat here. This is from an episode that we released back in May, and uh, it was called "No Lone Ranger Christianity." And one of the things I want to say too is that all of the clips that we're gonna play, we're gonna post the links to those actual episodes in the description, so That's that good. if you want to go yourself and and watch the uh, the whole episode, you can do that. So. Uh, this features Jeremiah and Chad talking uh, about, you know, how you're not you're really meant to live in isolation as a believer and uh, you know, that you guys were emphasizing community and being in the context of a body. So I'm going to go ahead and pull that one up right here for us now. Here we go. You're becoming mature, learning how to live with people. Not everything that goes through my mind comes out my mouth. Right. You know, yes. learning how to be gracious, learning yes. how to talk. See, that's... 
that's where uh, you know that's where growth happens. It really is. Yeah, you and there's things that I think get revealed in community that you yes. don't even realize they're there if you're isolated by yourself. You right? probably should explain that. Yeah. So what happens in the context of relationship? There, there could be something that rubs up against you, and it's in the context of the relationship that you see that. Yes. And then you're like, oh wait a second, I didn't even know that was in my heart. Like I didn't even realize that was down there. But it's when that person's standing in front of me that I see that. And I didn't like, know okay, I had Lord. this weakness yes. towards annoying people <laughs> until I met you. Yeah. Praise God. Praise yeah. Lord. <laughs> yeah. So first of all, he made up a word, toids. That's, yes. uh, that's my favorite part of that. Uh, <laughs> you know, so my, uh, my pastor at my church often, you know, shares this story about being home alone, you know, and he, he thinks he's the easiest person to get along with, you know, in the word, talking to God. But then when you step out into community, that's when you realize that's not necessarily the case and, and certain things start to come out of that. And then after I went back through that clip, um, I, I know a number of people who've been in community in church, but then now are loosely connected or have all sorts of ideas about Christianity. And, and this is maybe kind of a wild thing to say, but a friend I met with recently told me that he thought that in the garden, Adam must have had talking conversations with all of the animals. That's how he knew that they weren't suitable for him. And I was like, where, where did you get this? Where, where does this come from? And he had the idea because the serpent was talking. But like, it's one of those things that when we're in isolation, all yep. sorts of ideas can come into our mind that we start to give, give place. Mm. Yeah, that is good. That is real good. And the, and duh, the sandpaper idea, right? Like it's, you know, all of us are um, just married and like you begin to see that in marriage. Like, you know, uh, after the honeymoon, we, we call it those after those honeymoon days. And, you know, you begin to fight over things that you would never think would bother you, right? And so I, you just see that in community. And, and I love that um, Christian community as you're together. It just, it does. It, it rubs you and it sharpens you and it takes, it takes away those rough edges. Yeah, and on the, on the other end of that, I really, I think that it, um, it, sh- it sharpens you and, and brings you back in so that you're not isolated, so that you're not easy easily taken out by the enemy. So, yeah. so often, you know, we, we need that encouragement. And when we're not in community and we're isolated, we can be easily taken out just by our thoughts. Um, because, you know, not all of our thoughts are our own thoughts, you know, and the enemy can insert a thought. And if you don't have community there, brothers and sisters to band around you and like guard and protect you, then um, you start believing those thoughts. And so, and for me personally, that was one of the biggest things is um, not isolating, but actually um, surrendering and submitting myself to community and allowing them to speak into my life. But just being intentional about being in community is, is so important. Yeah, you know, I, I, not, none of us really like to be uncomfortable, but I think sometimes it's those com- uncomfortable places where we have the most growth potential, right? Yeah. Let me get yeah, into that good. space. So. Yes, that's good. Um, so this next clip is one that Leland brought. Uh, and he, buddy, can you do me a favor? Either pull your microphone a little closer to you or if you can turn your volume up on your preamp because uh, you're a little soft. How's uh, that? That is better. There okay. we go. Better. So if you want to uh, give us a preview of this clip and then uh, we'll, uh, we'll let it roll here. Oh, um, yeah. So this one I just picked out um, because uh, it just has to do with healing. Um, and basically like, uh, the title of this one is, does God desire for everyone to be healed? Um, and so let's just take a look at it and we'll talk about it afterwards. All right, here we go. 
I guess all I, I am saying is in regards to the old covenant, yeah. they, they never dealt with sickness and disease. So why would we expect anything less with a superior covenant? That's so good. And, you know, people get, you know, I can just hear some people on the podcast listening to this saying, yeah, so you believe in health and wealth. Um, I believe that we should get what was paid for. Yes. Because it was, it was, it was literally paid for. Yeah. And Isaiah 53, like, that, it was literally there. If, yeah. if you look at that. I, I just, I just think we should replicate Jesus. I mean, I, I don't know. I, I, I know. I listen. Let me just pause and say, there's people watching this, yeah, and will watch this, who have experienced great pain, yeah, who have prayed, who have believed, yeah, and it did not work out. Mm, Come yeah. on, man. And I don't, I don't want to fault anyone. I don't want to shame anyone and say, yeah. you know, well, you just didn't believe enough. I, it, this is the mystery to me. Yeah. Good. But here's what I will say. Truth is still truth, even if I don't understand it. Yeah. That's good. It's still truth. Mm. And the truth of God's word remains, even if, if what I see decreed in the word as truth yeah. is not being manifested in my life or I don't understand it. Yeah, so this is huge, right? Like we, um, this thing called healing, right? That we, um, in the, the the body of Christ, like believe in, um, and we see it in the word. It's it's a huge topic. And and like he was saying, a lot of people get discouraged in it because they don't see healing. But what I found just amazing about this and just on a bigger overall topic recently in my personal life is been on this journey of like discovering healing and um, really just seeing different aspects of it and different resources, um, but primarily the word. And he mentions Isaiah 53. It also goes all the way back to um, Deuteronomy. And it, God literally says in his word that he, he has basically evicted all sickness from his people. And he, he, he has and he will. Um, and so it's in the Old Testament, it's in the New Testament. You see the living manifestation of that in Jesus when he, when he heals people, when he yeah. touches, you know, everyone that, everyone that comes to him, um, you know, and desires healing um, is healed, right? Um, yeah. And so, and so that's just such an important topic because um, everyone deals with stuff. And I, I love what Rob said. It's not about what, you know, it's not ab about the, the healing in and of itself. It's um, the, the truth is like, the truth is still true. And I think uh, a guy named Randy Clark, if you ever heard of him, you know, always used to say like, he has a healing ministry. Um, and he always used to say like, it's the, the primary thing when he approaches someone and prays for them is not that they would be healed, but the primary thing is for them to know that they're loved by God. So that's the primary purpose for him to pray for them. And, and, and that's his primary motivation. I think that's the, the most important part is to know that we're first and foremost sons and daughters of God. Yeah. And then as we, as we um, learn that and receive that fully, we experience healing and not just physical ways, but spiritual ways, um, which also I would say to that, that some, some of those physical pains or sicknesses or diseases are actually rooted in spiritual things. And, you know, Chad, yeah. you, you know, you, you talk about this all the time. We actually both 
I've um, and I've recommended this book to Eric, but we'll put a put it in the link below, but in the um, description below. But like this uh, book called a, a More Excellent Way, you know, and mm-hmm. the um, the author talks about how there's uh, there's spiritual roots for disease and sickness, mostly diseases and sicknesses that we can't find a cure for. And so I think that it's important to just talk about how we need spiritual healing um, in some ways before we can receive physical healing. That's good. That's good. And, I, and uh, you know, for those of you who don't know, Leland goes, we, we, we function together in community at LHOP, Lebanon House of Prayer. And, and so we're, we're pretty passionate about healing, right? And, you know, one of the things that we've discovered or one of the things that I've talked about, you know, is you got – you got like physical healing, you got emotional healing, you got spiritual healing, right? And, uh, you know, spiritual healing is God takes our heart of stone, makes it a heart of flesh. You know, emotional healing is when God reaches inside and begins to heal our hurts, our hangups, our different things. And, and that does, that lasts for a lifetime. And then you got physical healing where God in t- comes and touches your body, he touches a knee, a back, um, we, you know. And one of the things that we really do go after at Al Hop and, and we, we're just passionate about is is physical healing. We believe that God still heals. And so we go after physical healing. But what we do find is what Leland is saying is they're all so connected. We have found that when people receive emotional or soul wound healing, a lot of times they have physical healing based on, you know, the soul wound healing that they, that they got their emotional healing. And so it is, it's interesting how the body is created and, you know, we're just passionate about healing. And so I thought what Rob explained is so good because there are times, you know, and I think we did an Overcomer with him series, which is going to be really good about healing and walking that journey when you don't see healing or when you don't see the manifestation of healing. So that's powerful. Eric. Yeah, I know for me, it's a, it's a head and a heart issue, right? My daughter's going through some stuff right now that we're going to have to have a surgery for. And uh, I, in my mind, I've had this understanding, yeah, God does want her to be whole and well, does want her healed, and uh, but it wasn't being done the way I thought it should be done. And then I, I realized as we're driving into the hospital, like, no, he still has a will for her to be well. His will is for her to be healed, regardless of what my eyes see. And sometimes you're brought in the face of things that are kind of incongruent. It's like, well, I believe in a God I can't see. So why am I having problems believing that the God I can't see actually has a will for her to be well? And I realized, well, there's the faith element of that. I still believe that he wants her well, just as I want my kids to grow up and do great things, even if they choose not great things. My will still exists, just like his will still exists, regardless. He still loves us. And I I received that. I wanted to hit here and not just be mental ascent up here. So. That's really That's good. good. And Eric, Eric, like to that too, it's funny. Cause like you said, it's not what you pictured it would be. And mm-hmm. like, I think a lot of times we, in our own personal journeys, like with the Lord, like our personal walks, like the way that he frees us from things or the journeys that he takes us through. A lot of times it's not how we, how we thought it would look. Right. And so yeah. I think that that's important to note that, um, that even if it doesn't look how you think it should look like his perfect will is not only for us to be healed, but, for us to to not not ever get sick or ever experience disease, so. That's All good. right, buddy. Want want you give us that next clip? What's uh, yeah. what's up next? So this next one, clip number three, is from the episode called "Kingdom Identity," um, mm-hmm. and this is the one where uh, you have all the ladies um, chatting at LHOP, and they're they're talking about identity and. Um, 
um, in this clip, you're going to hear them talk about identity, and I believe that um, Cindy McCorkle is just going to give a great explanation and picture of what um, identity should look like. Yes. Wholeness is not perfection. Yeah. yeah. I still That's burn good. dinner. Yeah. Yes. I still sometimes forget things. Yeah. Right. The list can go yes. on of where my, I'm imperfect and yes. I don't get it correct. <laughs> but my identity being whole and complete and, yeah. and focused and settled in him then allows me with a confidence to come alongside my spouse. Yeah. And I think that's a really important thing because if we don't do that, then those who are not married, then they don't feel like they can really ever have that calling and that purpose and or ministry on their own. And I think a lot of women have been disenfranchised in that way who were called by God to fulfill a ministry and a calling. Yes. And so I just want to go right there to that. You do not have to have a spouse. You do yeah. not have to be married yeah. to a spouse to have a calling, a destiny, and, a, yes. and an anointing from God to raise up something that has been dead or never been birthed. Yeah, so that was like powerful, right? Like talking about marriage and spouses and um, really placing your identity in in who you are um, as an individual as well as within the context of marriage. Um, and I love what she said in the beginning of that clip about like, you know, just because I make a mistake doesn't mean I'm not, you know, seated as a son or daughter. And I think that we, a lot of times people, Christians can get hung up on like, I made a little mistake here, I made a little mistake there, like we're, um, it's okay to make mistakes. Like that's how we learn and grow, right? Like um, Eric, you and I both know, and Chad, you know, like in the in the media world or in, in doing what we're doing right here, like there's been a lot of mistakes to, up to this point that we've learned from and grown from. And there's been community, as we talked about earlier, that has surrounded us to help us to, you know, push forward and grow from those things. And so I just, I think it's so important to, that's so important and it's also important not to get lost in um in identity in in marriage i think that later on in that episode they talk about um codependency codependency versus interdependency um versus independency and two of those are not good and one of those is good and that's interdependence right so that was really good but what are your guys' thoughts well marriage based you know it's like how much do I need my wife just to be whole, like just to be, to have an identity? And that's something I've come out of in the last couple of years, you know, to realize it's like, wow, okay, I am an individual, but we are a unit together. I'm not sure, can we really even be a, a unified unit if if we need each other in a way just to just to exist? Like I, I can't. So um, that's the part that connected with me. It was what she said was so powerful when she talked about wholeness. I thought that was so good. She's like, wholeness is not perfection. And sometimes I think, mm. you know, I think as uh, I don't know, we just, we just put like, you know, it's just, it's really disguised perfectionism. Like, Oh, I've got to do everything perfect or I got to say the right thing, or I got to have the right answer uh, or I got to give the right answer. And it's like, no, I'm just whole, you know, <laughs> and I, I could point you to the right answer. And that is so huge in marriage because I've learned after 21 years that most of the time my wife doesn't want me to fix the problem. She just wants me to listen, right? <laughs> she just wants me to listen. And so I've learned this. And then every once in a while, she's like, no, fix it. And I'm like, okay, I can do that. I can do that. But I'm learning to listen first and then be like, okay, do you need me to fix this or are we just... 
Are we just dialoguing about this? So, so would you say in that example, that would be an example of you being here, be here with me in this moment, not where we're going to be. Like, because yeah, if, if eventually you're going to, maybe you do fix it, but yes. like at this moment, just be here in this moment. Don't be over there where we're going to be eventually, just this moment right now. Oh, that's it. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. And that's a good way to describe that, I think. It's crazy so the way huge. God has wired us as men. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it is. All right. Let's uh, look at this next one. This is from the episode called Not a Puny Gospel. Not a Puny Gospel. The guys gospel. are talking about the gospel, how it transforms people. Uh, and then in this clip, especially, there's an emphasis on a lifestyle of uh, repentance. So let me go ahead and pull this one up and let it speak for itself. And we've been actually talking about it here at the prayer room. Like, we got to live in repentance, right? Not We're not talking about sin. Like, we're not talking yeah. about, you know, hey, we we stumbled or no, but it's that new thought. Like, hey, we're we're open for fresh revelation, right? Like, we're open for a fresh move. We're not holding on to something like, well, this is the way God's moved yesterday or last week or anything. Mm. We got to continue to live in that repentance. I think it keeps our hearts soft, sensitive to his movement and sensitive to his Holy Spirit. Man, it's that's a so big good. deal. That's good. So we've been emphasizing that because it's it's a big deal. It's not a, that's great. It's not a repentance of sin. Right. Mm. Um, not that that we can't sin. Right. But but scriptures are written. These things are written so you do not sin. But it's a repentance of a mindset. It's a mindset repentance. Which is, well, that's that's Romans twelve one and two. Yeah. Which if which that's be renewed by the mm. transforming, which means transfiguration of your mind. Mm. Okay. So here's here's my thoughts, and this has probably more questions than I have answers for you right now. Uh, <laughs> how will a person know if they need to repent of a mindset? Right, like, well, what what must they they give themselves to, in order to then know these things? Know these mindsets have to be like. Do you have an idea of that, or is that is that that question too far out there? I mean, I think I know, but I feel like people can come to that point where like, oh, I, I hear what you're saying. Repent of a mindset. Uh, I think I'm always right. You know, I think I know how the world works, and maybe that's exactly what it is. But then, so then my mind starts to go here, right, to what Michael mentions there, renewing your mind. How, how many of us actually do that though? Like re, re, have our minds renewed. And then how many people actually think, started one of this, how many of us think that renewing our mind is more than just receiving new ideas or receiving whatever my pastor has for me on Sunday? Uh, and there's a famous preacher who I actually like this guy. Uh, for a while, he would, he would do these things in his messages where he'd build anticipation. He's like, all right, I'm about to tell you the title of my message. And then somebody in the back would go, woo, you know, like they can't wait to hear the <laughs> yeah. title. What is it? You know, yeah. and then there's nothing technically wrong with that. But if, if like a clever title and a well thought out point is the only mind renewal experience you go through, mm. I feel like you're missing out on something, right? Because if that's mm. what we've substituted for mind renewal, it's like I can get all those new ideas from YouTube. Yeah, I think that that's good. I think that, too, this goes back to the conversation we had earlier on community. Like, I think that you know when you need to renew your mind when you're rubbing up against brothers and sisters and they're saying, like, hey, like, I see this thought process, like, in your head, and this is not good, like, and I don't want you to go run off a cliff. So, you know, I'm, I want to point that out to you. And then, and then that's when you get into the Word or you ask, you know, like you guys, I would talk to you about, okay, I don't want to think this way. 
you know, I want to think and believe for what God has for me. Where do I go in Scripture? Um, what do I look at? That's a, that's a good, one of my favorite quotes comes from Diedrich Bonhoeffer. And he says this, he says, I need my brother again and again, because I need him to come and hit me with the word over and over and over. And it's like, you know, Eric, it's like what you're saying there. It's like, how do I know that I need to change my mindset until that mindset's challenged? I have no idea, right? Mm -hmm. Until I have some revelation of truth or I'm in community and someone challenges that or I'm in a marriage and your wife's like, you know, you always do this. Like, this has been a pattern in your life. And you're like, really? I had no idea that I, you know. <laughs> and then all of a sudden the Holy Spirit's like, yes, you know. And that's where we yeah. begin to like, okay, how do I dismantle, right? Dismantle the mindset and rebuild the mindset. And that is that is huge. And I, I do, I think it's from the word, but it has to, there has to be that, you know, it has to be that challenge or it has to be that rubbing or it has to be that moment where where something happens and you're like, okay, wow. I didn't even realize this mindset existed yeah. because like you said, it's a mindset. So it's more than just a thought. It's a, it's a way that I think like I have a, I have a thinking, like I've been, uh, I've been walking with, with someone and we've been talking about like, no, like you think this way, like even the way you're asking these questions are really just rooted in self accusation. Like that's a mindset that goes through your whole conversation and, the Lord's delivering you from that, like that self-accusation, mm. like there is no accusation in him, you yeah. know? And so we've been walking through that, but until, you know, until you weave through that, it's, it, those are, those are moments. And I, I don't know, I just love the idea of repentance and the way that that's defined because it is, that's, that's community. That's the word. I used to not want this stuff. Like now I, I want to pray for more of it, right? Because it's like, once that stuff is like lifted off of you, yes. like freedom for me right now doesn't feel all that familiar. But like it's becoming right. more familiar, right? But it, it feels yes. the most right. So, yeah. Yes, that's good. Yeah, I love that. Leland, what you got, man? Um, well, the next clip is from in the episode called "Promoting Virtue, Not Your Body," um, mm -hmm. and this is the one that I actually thought of while we were thinking through this idea to do this podcast. Um, and this is uh, Jeremiah Bullock, and he's talking. Uh, basically about parents and their kids and how there's a disconnect that's that's obvious um, when they have no clue like what's uh, missing in the life of lives of their kids so let's just uh, take a look at it and then we'll chat okay like we're really free my daughter she goes to bed on her own when she goes to bed she yeah. gets up when she's ready to get up yeah. she gets her homework done and I'm training her as an adult yes. if she doesn't we step in and say what do we need to change here you know, and that yeah. happens regularly because they're teenagers. Right. Uh, so, but I've got a constant pulse on my kid. Yeah. And I, and I'm such a pulse and we pray for her every single day. Yeah. I pray for her every single day and I'm crying out to the Lord and listening and involved and watching and reading and asking yeah, for insight. And so the moment I can, we can see when a shift comes in her life, we can see. Yeah. Where the, you're involved. Yeah, that's good. Um, and this clip actually reminded me of a conversation that we had um, off the air on a Skype or a Zoom call, yep. and um, it was about parenting. Do you guys remember that? Yes, I do. There's a lot of covered there. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, there was I a know. lot. Of Eric, it was, Eric dropped some bombs on us, some truth bombs. I know. Well, so did you, Chad. And it was like, it was like really good because I just kind of sat yeah. there, like absorbing everything. You know, you guys have this wealth of knowledge of parenting, and I'm just, I'm just starting. But I thought like this clip was so valuable because 
like the involvement of parents in their kids' lives is so vital for not just the family unit, but the church unit, right? Like at being a youth, like pastor guy, you know, in the past, I saw how vital that was because you're not just sending your kids to youth group for for them to babysit your kids, right? Like you, you have to be an active participant in that as well. Like you can't just, mm. you know, and, and yeah, you can't just send them off and expect other people to raise your kids, right? You got to be an active participant, not just in the physical, but in the spiritual aspects of their lives. And so I love what Jeremiah said, but um, also like if you guys have any input from what we talked about, you know, yeah. on a on a different call, like, you know, let's, let's dialogue about that. Well, here, one thing that I came to me while that clip was playing is like, you know, as a Christian parent, right? We want our kids to know Jesus, right? <laughs> and it's easy for me to get a little bit out of shape. Are they going to meet him? Are they going to get saved? Well, is the Holy Spirit going to fill them? You know, all those things. And I hope I do it right. That's easy to get eaten up by all of those thoughts. But so we have a bedtime routine in my house, right? I have a 12-year-old, 7-year-old, and a 10-month-old, right? We read from the Bible. We pray. Maybe do a game or something like that every single night. Well, now with my 12-year-old, that looks different than it does Mm. with my 7-year-old, right? But I still pray every night with my 12-year-old, and we usually read some scripture, uh, my seven-year-old, uh, let me say this, my 12-year-old will pray, I'll pray, and then she'll pray. My seven-year-old, when I ask him to pray, uh, I'm going to go under my pillow, dad, and he prays and <laughs> he, like, he won't pray out loud. And then uh, last night we had this moment, because this is what I'm talking about, being engaged, like the consistency of it. I'm not worried about, you know, am I doing it exactly right tonight? It's like, we're just doing this. Like I'm engaging with him every night. And I said, hey, hey, you know, Emmett, would you, would you pray for, you know, and I named something that he, he thought of that we should, we should pray for. And he, he starts to dive under his pillow. And then he, he asked the question, well, why would I, why should I pray out loud, dad? And I said, so I can agree with your prayer mm-hmm. and I can say, amen. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, he, he he just went right for it and prayed out loud. And it was like this moment where he went from this kid, like embarrassed to pray openly to just boldly praying. And I, man, so wow. you just keep, you just keep Good. at it. Right. Yeah, right. <laughs> and just let the Jesus that's in each of us as leaders in our homes just to get that's out. <laughs> so, yeah. And I love that. I love persistency. Like what you're saying there, Eric, mm-hmm. persistency is the key in it. Mm-hmm. And the one thing that I, I've been walking through and we, I think we talked about this is like, you know, the trap in my mind has always been, okay, well, you know, I need perfect or, you know, she needs to make the right decisions. And so I need to make sure she makes the right decisions. And it's like, no, what I really need to do is to give her the ability to make the right decisions and help her discover, help her make, you know, when she makes a mistake, help her walk through that and give her a boldness to make that right decision. Cause we have, like, we've all seen that. Like we've all seen, you know, the whole Amish TV show where, you know, they go off the rails cause they've been controlled, right? And sometimes I think in parenting, it's easier to control. It's easier to just be like, no, do it this way. You know, that's why, cause I told you, but it takes more time to say, hey, listen, and kind of shepherd their heart and help them make choices and give them opportunities to to make a choice that they could make a mistake in, you know? And that's harder because it takes time. It takes, you know, you got, you're invested in it. And so that's one of the things that the Lord's really been speaking to me about and just, you know, being involved, 
But like Jeremiah said, like helping them make their choice, like they get to make their choice. Like, hey, I'm going to walk with you. What do you think? Was that a good choice or a bad choice? Mm -hmm. You know, would you do that again? (laughs) You know, why would you not do that again? You know, and helping them process through that because then they have the ability to make those choices uh, when they get older because they've been doing it. They've been making choices. And that I think I think that lets their uniqueness come forward. Yeah. Rather than me just being so controlling because it's supposed to look like this and mm. we don't actually permit their own personality to, to grow in, in the home space. So that's good, Eric. From, that's good. From a from a dad of a one year old to dads of, you know, ten plus, you know, and and younger, uh, does the, the faith aspect of this like does that get easier does it get harder does it get more complex like what is because because there's this faith in a risk factor right like by shepherding like chad was saying there's a and letting them make their own choices and decisions there's a risk there of them making mistakes right and there's also the faith aspect of like you know i believe the lord has them you know and it's i think i don't i don't know yet but i i feel like it's easier to you know believe for them when they're a baby than when they're like a teenager right so i don't know what do you guys think i i know for me at least the thing that rings true here is to know that my faith isn't at risk from their behavior right and so that leaves the confidence from the holy spirit to come through in any of my decision making so uh because i've i've lived in that way where they act out or whatever and then i respond you know, and we don't want to treat our kids that way, right? But, and we don't want to be overly concerned about every single detail, but like, I'm solid and there's our, there's identity again, right? Like we know who we are, right? And so my kid acting out doesn't change who I am. Yeah, that's good. That's good. And I think for me, it's, um, they, they catch more. They just do like, and I, and I I don't know that it's you know having it the right way every time, but it's living a life style of faith, right? Like living this out. And Allie's catching way more than I thought she was catching, you know. <laughs> and then I'm like, well, I got you know I got to get up and you know we got to do you know morning devotions at six in the morning, you know, and fast and pray together. And I'm like, no, I think we just got to allow the Lord to work in her heart because she's catching things. And you celebrate the moments that she, you know, the Lord really touches her. That's good. And then to a greater extent, like that, that actually speaks to transformation, right? Of mm-hmm. people's hearts and lives. Like we, we've talked about this a lot. Like um, when, when we have people come here to LHOP or when we have interns or whatever, they come and experience it for such a short amount of time. And then yeah. they go back to where they're living and they're wondering why they they haven't changed. But that what Chad, what you just said is like they, they experience and they catch more as you are patient and like what Eric said, persistent with those those uh, those thoughts and mindsets. So that's really good. I love that. All right, so this next clip, and then we've got we've got a couple of clips from what we recorded at the Behold Conference in uh, okay. June, and uh, this one was an episode titled "Word, Prayer, Worship, Repeat." Uh, and it was it was a Q&A, so we brought people up to ask questions. And then there's a guy who asked about impartation. Is mm. it needed? Is it important? And then uh, Rob responds about that. So let's play that. An Old Testament reverence, reference in Numbers 11, when Moses uh, 
he, he basically, God says, I, I want to take what's on you and I want to put that same spirit on 70 others. It's in mm. Numbers 11. Yes. So what you're carrying is too much for all of these people. It's got to be put on others. So I'm going to take the spirit that is on you and I'm going to transfer, I'm going to impart yeah. and put it on 70 others. And um, actually, God went on to say, man, would this not happen to all, that wow. the spirit would be placed on all and they would all speak God's word. And, and then the reference I just mentioned, Romans 1.11. And there's other passages where there's a transfer. I could mention many passages, uh, but, but there is a transfer. Yeah. Mm. And, but I want to be quick to say, in the final analysis, you really don't need man to lay hands on you. You do need God to lay hands on you. And mm. you're not running around deficient until one of us or somebody else, right. for that matter, right. lays Absolutely. hands on you. Yeah. So don't ever get the idea that I'm incomplete until I have somebody lay hands on me. No, stop that. He can lay hands on you and give you all you need, but there is the beauty of the body of Christ where what one carries, they have the, the, the ability to bless someone else with that. Does that make sense? Makes oh, perfect sense. sense. Yeah, funny how the uh, topic of community comes up again and at the end there. Uh, so these are some of the thoughts that I had there. You know, I've, I've recognized that others have something that I wish I had sometimes or they, they carry something like, Oh, I, I wish I carried that. Like, and then there's a, there's a thing I've noticed in, you know, different streams of the church, right? Like in one stream, somebody who has the title of a prophet comes to town, who's known mm. for calling out random people in the crowd. Oh, I've got a word from the Lord for you. And it's really easy to sort of get caught up in the excitement. Oh, I hope they have a word for me. I hope they call on me. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm going to sit on there, the yeah. aisle. So I can yeah. be seen, you know, and then, or uh, I hope they don't have a word for me, you know, oh, please don't yeah, give me a word. You know? Please yeah, don't yeah, see me. You yeah. know, <laughs> you ever been in one of those meetings? <laughs> well, and then, you know, in any other stream, I mean, maybe all streams, it's this way. Like you've elevated your pastor to a level yeah. that he knows best on literally everything. You can't know a thing unless he clarifies it for you. Oh, is this a sin? Is that a sin? Should I buy yeah. this house pastor? Should I not buy this house? Right. A traveling prophet or a local pastor does not hold the absolute key to your destiny, right? And then as Rob says, you need God to lay hands on you. And then I love how he says at the end there, stop it, you know? <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Let's stop yeah. that. Yeah. And that, and that, see, that's huge because I, I, I think especially in this day that we're in with the Google and, you know, information is at your fingertips, like phenomenal preaching is at your fingertips like phenomenal mm -hmm. people who speak is at your fingertips and so we can we can run from thing to thing to thing from conference to conference to conference you know having this person lay hands on me this person lay hands on me this person lay hands on me and and it just it's like no that's not what we're talking about like that's not what we're talking about and the one the one thing i would say in the in the idea of impartation is um you know, I, I, I did, I, we had an encounter. We had an encounter, Brooklyn, that's the best way I can describe it, is we had an encounter with God through Ron Frizzell. And when he laid hands on Brooke and I, he flat out imparted something into us. He put a mantle on us. And I could tell many stories about that, but I was different, like I was different. I, I preached different, I, 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 a prayer, laying hands on people. And it wasn't, I wasn't, I wasn't doing anything different. So it wasn't like, well, you know, I got more better sermons or, you know, I went to sermon.com, got better illustrations. It was none of those things, right? It was, 
when he laid hands on me, like there was something in the spirit that was like, wow, wow. Like this is like, wow. And so, you know, we had to foster that and we've grown into that and are growing into that, but there is something to it. There's in something to impartation, but I don't know that we need to, you know, have everybody in the earth lay hands on us. And I think that's what, what Rob's referring to. Um, but that for was a marker for us because, um, you know, I think that the Lord was calling us into what Ron did, you know, freedom ministry. And so, so that was a big deal for us and kind of launched our destiny. But so it's an interesting, you know, it's an interesting that I got, like I'm for it, but I'm also against this, like, oh, I need, you know, I need a word or I need someone else to pray for me or. Well, it's the extremes, right? Like yes. we take a yeah, lot of things, the extremes. Well, that I know that's possible. Oh, I want it, you know, <laughs> and then you start to want it more than you, yeah. I don't know, right. do you want Jesus? More than yeah, you right. want to live in what he's using in your life right now. And then you, yes. we shortchange whatever's going on here just because we want to leap ahead because of the impartation that might come my way, you know, yes. and then we're not actually ready to receive whatever could come our way. That's good. Yeah, there's. There's so such a value to like walking in your own like walking in your own freedom, right? Like we we've talked about this before, where like you know somebody is whatever struggling and they go to person to person laying you know to have their you know people lay their hands on them when all they need to do is just stand up and walk them you know walk walk like stand stand yourself mm. and so it's Say just that like. Again. It, stand stand up you know yes <laughs> so yes walk pick up your mat and walk that's right it's almost like i've lived that oh it's <laughs> almost like you have no lived it's that and it, there's such power in like realizing and jeremiah said this a lot at the um at the behold conference but he says this all the time but it's like if you only knew who you were right and so yes and that, so is, that is such a good truth so that's good all right we got another which, one that's which, What's that? I was going to say, that's a good segue, right? Yeah, so take it. This next one's yours. Yeah, it's a good segue to uh, what we're going to talk about now, which is um, this one actually um, comes from the Behold Conference, um, and it's the episode entitled, uh, When the Words You Hear Are Spirit. Um, And uh, so in this clip, the guys just kind of talk about um, kind of what it looks like to be sourced by the Spirit and um, what what it looks like to hear from the Lord. And um, so let's just uh, listen to this and come back. Rob and Brooke spoke this morning and it was just like the Lord is, was given. And I get up and I'm thinking, I'm going to write some of this down. And I literally, I couldn't, I could grab a couple sound bites and the Holy Spirit said, I was speaking, she was speaking in the spirit. The words that I speak are spirit. And they were, she was speaking here, not here. Mm. That's good. If you ever walk out of a service before and you're like, that service changed my life. What do you talk about? He said this one thing. You, you weren't hearing it here. You weren't being tickled here. You weren't being, you weren't being prodded here. You were being transformed here. Now, this is expressed more in certain denominations who believe praying, that real prayer is not here. Real prayer is here. Mm. And there's a communication here. And God is communicating things here. 
Yeah. And he's doing things here that you don't understand here and that literally he will bring back. This was so good. Like, um, I just love the, this whole concept, right? Because we, I think main, mainstream across the board in a lot of churches, you know, we, we got to figure it out. We got to go to the books. We got to go to the word and apply what that, what that word says and, you know, in a physical manner. Um, and, and sometimes, you know, it's almost like, um, there's, there's this content that we hear, or like you said, there's words that we hear that, uh, that surpasses our own understanding. And, um, and I love, like, I've heard this term a lot from a lot of different people. So I know that it's like spirit and it's, there's, there's truth in it, but, um, basically when you, when you give up your right to understand, and Rob said this in one of the podcasts, but when you give up your right to understand, you know, that's, that's when, you know, you, you fully understand because, that's when, you know, like peace that surpasses understanding. You won't have peace until you give up your right to understand. Um, and so, but to what Jeremiah was saying, like you just hear something that someone's saying and it resonates in your, in your spirit, in your inner man, and you can't explain it, but you're, you're different when you walk out from that. And so, um, you know, have, have you guys had that happen? And, and like, what does that look like in your personal life now? I, I love that the guy, the microphone picks up somebody in the audience when he says that and you hear the guy say like, I have no idea. You know, like you leave a message. But what, what that rings true for me is how many sermons, messages I've heard uh, where I go, you know, what was he talking about? I don't know, but this is what I heard from the Lord, right? Yeah. You know, I mean, I got baptized in the Holy Spirit and I have no clue what the guy was preaching about. You know, it just happened during the middle of the service. And I can't tell yeah. you a detail of what was said, but there's something that is moving underneath all of that. Uh, and I just presume that like the more we're obedient in those moments, like the more leeway and room Holy Spirit has to go in and, and do whatever he wants. So. And I think, I think that's what uh, is so fascinating about, you know, you worship me in spirit and truth. And we've said this, like I've said this, you know, there's times where someone preaches and I do not understand what they're saying. Like it does not make sense to me because I, I haven't experienced it. I don't know what they're sharing, but in my spirit, it resonates. Like it's true. Like I know mm. it, it's true. Like maybe it's an encounter. Maybe there's something they're walking in that I haven't walked in, but I know it's true. Like I can, it just resonates in my spirit. Like my whole spirit is like resonating with that. And I think that's it. I think that's what he's talking about there. It's like, no, when God speaks to our spirit, man, it's like, whoa, this resonates. And and sometimes he has to bypass this, right? Like he has to offend our mind. Why? Because I don't understand it. Yes. Like God, I don't oh, understand so it. Good. But yeah. <laughs> that's supernatural, right? It's not, it's not supposed to be understood. Why? Because the Holy Spirit searches the deep things of God. And he mm. wants to reveal those things to us, but he can't reveal it. He can't reveal them through here. He's got to reveal them in our hearts. And uh, so, so that is, which is so weird because... You know, we're living in a culture that's exactly opposite, right? Like, it's like, yeah, I'm a plumber. Why? You know, I've watched three YouTube videos. I'm plumbing. <laughs> yeah, I can exactly. do it, you know? I can do it, you know? Or, yeah, I can rewire my house and electrical work. Why? I just watched a YouTube video on it. And it, and it's like, no, that's not what we're talking about here, you know? There's an I think that's real. That's real reality. That's true. Yeah. That's the true reality yeah, that you're tapping good. into in that in yeah. that moment. Um, and, and we get a window into it or like we, we endeavor to just 
remain there because there's things that you can, I mean, the unseen made the scene. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Where is the real then? Yes. Yeah. yeah. The real is what we don't see. And it's good too, because like when our minds are offended, like you're saying, Chad, like we, one, it's good when we can't understand something because only God can, because that leaves us, you know, completely dependent on him. But, but two, sometimes like the things that we, that we don't understand that offends our mind, like it it leads us back to the word and it leads us back to, to search after him in the secret place in prayer and the word. And so it's it just creates a deeper dependency and it's almost like he wants a relationship with us or something like that. So yeah, it's almost like that. That's all right. That brings us to the last prepared clip here. And this is actually from the same episode when Leland and I prepped our clips, we found out, Oh, we we thought we would have more matching clips. It was really kind of funny. This is the uh, only episode we both had one lifted from, and there still was different clips. Um, So I'm going to play this last one right here. And Michael is the one that brings a comment. If we're focusing on the scriptures and revelation coming, we have to saturate ourselves in the word. We believe it was divinely inspired by the Holy Spirit. Yeah. That at one time that it started off as a rhema and then the writers wrote it down and it became Lagos. And our job is to spend enough time in it until it jumps back off the pages and becomes Rama once again in our hearts. That. Like that's 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 just what we do. So live it, eat it, breathe it, saturate in it. And that's you, man. I I know I text you every morning and you're up and you tell us your prayer. What's your prayer that you pray every day? Make me the hungriest man alive. <laughs> it is, it's true. Every time I text him, like, what are you doing? Just sit here reading, drinking coffee. <laughs> it's so right, true. So- so I, I guess I'm slightly jealous of Michael there because when I heard him say that, I realized that sometimes I've prayed that God would make me the most desperate human in the history of the universe. So uh, he's hungriest man in the world. I'll be most desperate in the universe. I yes. Guess. Yeah. Uh, That's awesome. You know, can you give a definition? I mean, I think I understand when we say a rhema, like what, what rhema means. Do you have the, could, could you from your perspective, what we mean when, like when Michael was saying a rhema word or what he means, because that's a Greek word, right? Yeah, yeah, Greek. So it just means Greek just word. a word from the Lord? Is that really what we yeah. mean? Yeah, yeah, it, it means a word from the Lord. And, and the context was, and you know, the illustration I always use and not not the illustration Michael used, but the illustration I always use was was the, the temptation in the in the wilderness, you know, because, because Jesus keeps going back to, it is written, it is written, it is written, and finally, and th- and that's Logos, like that was like scripture, like that was, you know, the Torah, they didn't have the scripture, you know, the full canon, but they had the, they had the Torah, they had the earliest books. And so it is written, it is written, it is written. So what he's doing is he's standing on what God has said, but it's in that third temptation when the enemy comes and says, well, you really like the scripture. So I'm going to begin to quote the Psalm 91. And as he quotes that, what's Jesus going to do? Is he going to say, well, it is written, written there, you know, like I'm going to give you another written He's like, no. And it's really interesting because it says that he says, and it has been said. And what you get the connotation is he's hearing the father and what the father is saying. And Rob has said this and it's so good. He's like, I've been to, he said, I've been to conferences. I've been to meetings where the other guy stands up and he preaches what God has said. And it's not bad. It's good because God said it. But there's a whole nother level when 
someone stands up and says, this is what God is saying. And it's that rhema word that that is alive, that is sharper than any double-edged sword. And it literally like, it dissects you, you know? Mm-hmm. And that's what I, that's what um, I, I think Michael's talking about there. So I, lo- I loved that example. Uh, you know, the rhema word, it's logos, and then it be- he said it becomes rhema again. So really becoming real to me. Like yes. this revelation that I get from the word and that, that really, I felt like that described my experience I've been through saturating the word. And then also as I listened, I, I feel a passivity in the church. Like th- there's no quick fix here. Like there's no yeah. button that you just push for intimacy. Here's my mm. easy intimacy button with the spirit of Jesus. I mean, you mm. get saved in a moment. I mean, maybe that could yeah. be argued as a quick fix. I mean, yeah, look yeah. at look at Cornelius's house in the book of Acts. Those dudes didn't even confess with their mouth that they believed and the spirit falls on that room. And the other dudes are like, wow, who are we going to hold the water of baptism from them? Right. <laughs> you know, yeah. some, and right. we might, we might have those amazing encounters, but then we go home and life goes, I mean, Leland said something about this either. People that come to, to LHOP and then you, they have to go back to their day-to-day mm-hmm. life. You go home, you live life day in, day out. From the mm-hmm. outside, these things we talk about, you know, like it, it does sound like a bit of a deeper investment, and it, but it's not yes. the kind of investment I think most people imagine it's going to be. Yes. So getting in the secret place, spending the one-on-one time with him, it's, it comes alive. Yeah. That's so good. And I, the, the one thing, and I'll let Leland comment on this, but it, intimacy is into me, you see, you know? And so if I'm going to be intimate with Jesus, I got to wait and sit. And there's times where I, you know, I've, I've just purposed in my life that I'm going to get up early and I'm going to spend time with him. Like I'm going to read. And there's days, man, where I'm getting like revelation, like mad, like the Lord's just dropping revelation. And then there's days I'm reading and I was like, yeah, nothing jumped out, <laughs> you know? So I was like, Lord, hopefully we got something. Hopefully I, you know, hopefully some one of us was blessed, you know? And it's like, but that's intimacy, right? Like that's, that's what it is. And it is, it's the, it's the slow burn. It's the perseverance. Yeah. It's the long suffering. It's the patience. Um, that's, that's, I think, what what's a big deal. It really is. Leland. Yeah, and it's it's relational, too. Like, I was just talking with someone about this the other day. But, like, you, you know, and I'm not devaluing the word. Like, obviously, we've been hitting on that this whole time. Yeah. Like, the word is living and active, and it's, it's his word, you know. And so it's his word to us. That's our communication with him. Um, but I, I can remember there was a season, um, you know, where I would literally wake up in the morning and because i felt so distracted in my own thoughts like i would literally set it in my mind to to just get you know get a cup of coffee sit on my bed and literally just fix my mind on the lord for like half an hour and practice that practice fixing my mind on him because that's that's like that's good. worship right like yeah. and so i wasn't getting in the in the bible i wasn't trying to journal i wasn't trying to do all these things i was simply just fixing my mind on him. And it's actually a lot harder to do than you might think because you got things going on. I got to do this later today. What, you know, thinking about what happened yesterday. Oh, what'd that guy say to me? You know, all these things and, and fixing your mind on, on him to start your day is, is just, you're, you're adoring him. It's that song of Solomon thing. It's Mm -hmm. fixing your mind on, on him and into me, you see, right. Allowing him to see into you and, and peering into his heart and, um, and so just the value of, of pure 
like relationship with him and allowing him to just speak to you in those moments i would just say lord whatever you want to say like i'm going to shut my mouth and let you speak whatever you want to say and those moments i i miss those moments they they were rich mm. and those early morning moments and and so i i cannot express enough how valuable those were and are because it it um kind of puts us gets us outside of the the typical church box right of like yep. got to read three passages a day and got a journal for three hours and you know all this stuff that is at the end of the day it's works and yeah there's nothing that we can ever do to attain what he's already paid for and that's the gospel right and that's the the gospel that offends so many people because there's nothing you can do you cannot do anything to get his spirit to come down more or less or whatever or to get that deeper revelation there's nothing you can do but it's simply based on relationship so and you know we're we're married men you know and you've probably heard by now like when you get married you need to keep dating your wife right. you know to be intentional spend time and, and it's easy when i sit here thinking about it's a little different now than it was when i was dating my wife there were moments when we were dating where i lingered like mm-hmm. just ling- doorsteps mm-hmm. Hey, you know, are you going to go in your house? You know, I don't know. You know, it's, it's that, man, no, nowhere else outside of that moment mattered. Right. And so spending time with the Lord in that way, it's like, it doesn't matter. You know, when I get up in the morning to spend time in the word, uh, maybe I turn my phone off completely, not just screen off, but like off, off, you know, and whatever, whatever else is going on. So. And I, I would, I, Leland, I love what you were saying there because this is a big deal. And I think Cindy said it in one of our recordings, but she talked about like digging a well. And there's times where you're going to have to trust that the well is deep because, like, right now, you know, when you got a, you know, a one year old and you're living in a one bedroom apartment and you can't get up because, you know, we were in a fifth wheel and I was like, Lord, if I get up, you know, there's nowhere to go. (laughs) Like, yeah, but we wake it up the whole house, you know? And it's like, but it's in those times where I can't dig the well, but I know the well is deep. Like I know he loves me and I love him. And and then there's times where I can get up and and spend time. And, and so one's not better than the other. Right. But when I dig those wells deep, I can, I can pull from that well because it's deep, like the well's deep. So. All right. So we're going to close shortly. But I uh, I prepped a bonus surprise clip from both of you that neither oh, of you wow. have seen. And I've Uh-oh. realized as we've gone on, go. this actually is a thread through the whole thing we've talked about. Oh, so boy. this is a, a lift from a longer clip in context, but I think I've pulled everything accurately in context and, and Chad will know exactly what it is. But I, I want to ask a question or like I want to talk about it just real briefly as we wrap up here at the end with what, what you talk about. Here we go. The enemy, when the kingdom begins to shake, he's not just going to sit there. He's going to come after you. Mm. He's going to attack. But when he attacks you, if you're traced, he begins to understand there's actually a family. Yeah. Now listen to this. There's actually a family. I am traced in heaven. When the enemy comes and begins to attack me, I have my heavenly father up there. I got Ron up there. I got you know, my dad up there. I got Jesus up there. They're all like saying, Chad needs help. Why? He's in the city of Lebanon. Witchcraft is on the rise. He needs help. We're going to send answers in heaven. But listen, I'm also traced on earth. Why? I have a family. 
I have a group of L hoppers around me. I'm in a community. This is my tracing. And listen to this. Jeremiah, uh, this is hilarious. I got to tell you a story mm -hmm. real quick. I'll tell you. So we're on family vacation. Mm -hmm. And listen, I've been stirring it up for a while. And so Jeremiah wakes up. He's like, had a dream. I was like, tell me your dream. He said, we were in the battle. And he said, man, we're on the war field, man. We're in the battle. And he said, you're there. And there's demonic hordes all around us. And these demonic hordes, I mean, they're big, man. This whole God, the whole group of people are just coming after you, Chad. I mean, they're locked eyes with you, man, and they're coming. And I, I see you, and I run into the middle of the fray. I pull out my sword. You know, Jeremiah, I'm Rambo. I'm slaying them, you know. I'm going, and I look over at you, Chad, and you got a squirt gun. <laughs> and you're going... And, you, and Jeremiah's like, get behind me. What are you doing? <laughs> I used to be upset about the dream, but then I realized God said, no, you're traced. Yeah. Have fun with your squirt gun. Come on. Yeah. Yeah. It's a true story. Isn't it? That is true. <laughs> that is I remember that. That is so, so funny. You know, that's earlier in this podcast, you said something about, and we were responding to a clip about what gets said that you don't necessarily understand, right? Mm, like yeah. the whole idea of being traced, that that term it was unfamiliar to me, you know, mm. but I feel like even as I listen to that again, there's something about these connections in the body of Christ that are, they're, dis they're wired into us somehow, that, yeah. that, that we don't want them to go dormant and the connections we have. And I, I realize in the context there too, you know, praying for one another, you know, ha having each other's back. How can anyone have your back if you don't even give them your front? Like if you don't even just show up in, 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 and gather together, whatever your community looks like, mm. <laughs> the thing that we, many of us are missing out on, that's what hurts my heart, right? You know, on yeah. all of that. So That's so good. Hmm. And one day, maybe we'll get an animator to animate your dream because I think that would be really funny. To, uh, that to would be a funny a video. That so. would be funny. Well, I probably know <laughs> I, some animators, honestly, between uh, Mia and some of them. Yeah. Leland, did you have something? Yeah, I was gonna say. I think it's it's just really good, like what um, what you're saying there, like mm -hmm. um, because we don't have to, like you know, and we we read this in, in scripture all the time, like. We can rest at the table, like the 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 table is. He sets a table before our enemies, right? And we don't have to do anything. We can simply just just rest, and it doesn't matter what it is, or the circumstances, or or um, you know your your thought life or, or anything. Like there's certain things that we have to do to be interactive, but um, but like simply we can just rest if we're traced. We can just rest knowing that knowing that he's got it and we can just have fun. Like, like yeah. what the Lord was saying to you, like we can just live life and have fun. And I think a lot of Christians can get over like just, just pretty, pretty uh, determined and like almost like way too, way too, uh, ah, you know, like I gotta, I gotta do this, gotta do that. I gotta, I gotta go after it. I gotta say, declare this prayer. I gotta say that or, or read right. this book and do this. And, and it ends right. up being striving. Right. And there's no yep. fun. Like there's no rest. There's no, joy. There's no, no yes. joy. And, and that is, 
heaven is not heaven does not look like that uh, i i don't think so i don't think heaven okay. looks like that I, I think heaven looks like a big party a big feast a celebration right and that's what we see in the <laughs> word be so. amazing oh i love that i love that that's one of my favorite dreams i've been telling that everywhere i go about that and it what that was that was uh that was truth that the lord hit me with because it is it's so interesting right out of out of the baptism of jesus what what do you get you get a genealogy mm. why because it was important important for jesus to be traced and he was traced all the way back as a son and so I just, I love that. I love that. And I, I think it's so valuable, even for people who are on this call, you know, or who, who are watching the podcast or watching the video, like uh, what an honor to have a family that we could pour into, that can pour into us, that can listen, can ask questions, you know, uh, it's just amazing what, um, just family, just family, what family looks like. And um, we just, we are incredibly blessed incredibly blessed so i thank you guys thank you and leland and for all you guys have done behind the scenes because uh you know you guys make it make it go and we're the ones out there on the front end but really it's the ones behind the scene that really push it forward and uh, i'm glad we got to do this because it we have these dialogues off 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 mic and off camera we have a lot of these questions and dialogues and we're like what about this what about this so it's really it's really been a good time to to do this. And we so look forward to up. another season. Uh, season yep. three is ahead of us. You know, there's some stuff already in the works to be worked on and, and that's ahead at the start of the next year. That's going to be awesome. So if you're a podcaster or if you're watching this, hey, do us a favor, subscribe, share it, go onto the YouTube channel. Uh, also a reminder, anything we talked about, they're going to be in the links. And uh, so if you want to uh, get on that, you can podcast, you can you can get on any Apple tunes. You can get on all that stuff, Spotify, Google, all those different ones. Um, and so thanks for joining us today. Man, we had a great time. We love you. I got 6% battery life left, by the way. Awesome. Nice. Call that the end. That was perfect.